Hello. Uh, I just wanted to congratulate the Queens of Woodcrest for two full seasons. And, and here's the two more, because that's all they have. All right, welcome back to the Boondocks podcast, y'all. I don't know if you heard what I just heard. What, what was that? Yes. Oh, busy wishing us the best. <laughs> we're coming up. We're on the come up. Uh, today, we're going to be discussing season three, episode two, Bitches to Rags, in which Thugnificent has seen better days. Auto-tune, rap beef. Nothing can stop the IRS when his new album tanks. Faced with the horror of getting a real job, Otis Jenkins takes some pretty desperate measures to stay <laughs> afloat. But before we get into that, how y'all living? I'm alive. <laughs> I do want to start really quickly by thanking Miss <laughs> Lindsay. It was on my, um, I had to what? pivot really quickly um, <laughs> on my podcast the other day. Um, pivot. Pivot. <laughs> and she pivot. came on in. And she came on in and, and helped the, help the episode that I threw together. Um, and it was awesome. And I got my second challenge, um, game night challenge. So I challenged her to a what's better, friends or living single um, mm-hmm. game night. Nice. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. But thank you. That was awesome to see you on the screen there. Um, so I appreciate this. So oh, you, and don't forget to go vote for me for a podcast of the year. I that out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, that was Demond doing his his uh, his Obama for us. So, <laughs> oh, that's damn good. That's why he did. Oh. <laughs> In uh, just. I, I have to give a little story because every time I think about this, especially right now with school about to start again, um, one of the things that uh, got my the particular school that I worked in through um, some of the Trump years, uh, we had a, a, a picture of Obama and we called it Uncle Barry and he would show up randomly in different teachers rooms. And the, the game was to, to move Uncle Barry to a different room without uh, without anyone catching you doing it. Uh, we basically did that for like a year and a half just to like, like just just calling him Uncle Barry. And everyone was really excited yeah. when Uncle Barry would show up and the kids were always looking for Uncle Barry and just, you know, yeah. <laughs> that's how I will so, always think of him now. Obesey, Uncle Barry, you know, all those. Obesey. Obesey, <laughs> I don't know how many people actually call him that, like out and about. What up, Obesey? Or he, I don't know. I, I call Michelle Shelley. Like we are just homegirls. Um, <laughs> But, but I feel like that's what she probably goes by. Like, you know, hangs out or goes for a reunion. Or, um, whatever they're allowed to do now. Or just but, Shell. Yeah. I feel like I feel she's like pretty posh, you know. Like, Shelly. Mish. Like, it could be Mish. Or Misha. Yeah. 
<laughs> well, no, black people don't, yeah. Yeah, no. black people don't really Misha, but. Yeah. Mish could. Look, her name could be Michelle, but they call her like Nene or Tootsie or something. True. So it <laughs> and shout out to my cousin Nene. Wasn't trying to make fun. That's her nickname. Uh, but yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, how's the packing going? Oh, uh, pretty good. We've, I've still haven't made it into the actual storage yet, but I'm like, basically I've spent when I'm not working on schoolwork, I've been going through like clothes and sheets and shit and like washing stuff and putting it in bags for Goodwill. And, uh, most of the stuff that's going with us that is not currently used every day is packed up now. So just kind of waiting out the clock for uh, certain things to come into place where we can actually like get the show on the road, you know? Yeah, uh, yeah. You guys sound good to move it. We go. We don't really want to take that or move it. Go away. Um, we'll replace it. <laughs> uh, but a lot of our stuff that we had was, you know, college hodgepodge mm-hmm. a little bit after that. And so. Oh, yeah. Most of the furniture that I've that that we have in this house uh, one of us brought into this house <laughs> so, or inherited from some family member that passed away or, you know, traded with, you know, so-and-so giving Natalie one table or, you know, giving my dad a table and taking it different from him and like, all you know, how it goes. Yeah. My so. dad just tried to give us his couch and I was like, sure. And hubby's like, we don't need it. Our couch is pretty new. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I'm just so <laughs> It's so used to be like, sure, we'll take it. We'll do something with it. Um, but yeah, I, I'm one of those. So when I do become interested enough in like re bringing back the light and doing all that, refurbishing that old HGTV stuff, then mm-hmm. hey, great at it. But I'd rather pay somebody else to do it or. There, yeah, there are a few pieces that I'm definitely wanting to take with us to refinish or to repaint. Um, like I have a coffee table that my uncle actually handmade um, and it's perfectly fine. It needs to be reinforced a little and it needs to be sanded down and resealed because it's 50 years old or probably more than that now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like there's a there's a table that we used to use for podcasting. If we decide to take it, it definitely will need to be repainted. I hope he I hope <laughs> he knows that because it's cute and all. But no, Uh <laughs> Yeah. It's like yellow with flowers on it. Oh, old school. <laughs> old school. Right? Like nothing wrong structurally. It's, you know, it's family. It was, so yeah. <clears throat> it was owned by my aunt and my aunt is a China painter. Yeah. And so Ooh. that's what it was all. She, I mean, if she gets, if oh, she okay. sees, if she gets motivated to paint something, she does. So that's, <laughs> yeah. that's how it ended up that way. I mean, yeah, like oh. I said, it's, it, I mean, it's not bad. It's not my style in any way. And, uh, but it's a good size table and it's pretty sturdy. I think that's my thing. I don't really feel like I have a style until I started looking early, you know, a couple months ago for, for when we buy land and whatnot. Then mm-hmm. I was like, oh shit, I like farmhouse style. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but I can't see myself going to RC Willie or some fucking crazy place like that for you to charge me $5,000. Or two end tables, a lamp. Like, come on, stop. What? Like, I just, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I aspire to not have to shop at Ikea. Like, that's, that's, that's as far, I don't care about, like, 
I I would like furniture that will last and is, yep. you know, sturdy and heavy duty, but I, I don't I don't really want to pay a lot of money for it. <laughs> well, his thing is I don't want to put the shit together and it's cheap right. and it doesn't last long. And yeah, I learned that when we moved out of when we left college because I was like, oh my God. You know, this money, we're going to IKEA. He's like, no, we're not. <laughs> we are going to Jorge's furniture shack around the corner. Um but we did good good bed that lasted like fifteen years Nice. Yeah, once we move, I would really like to well if it's possible, I'm. It, there's a whole lot of stuff that is contingent. Anyway, um, I would really like to be able to go to like, like antique stores and find mm-hmm. nice, sturdy wooden furniture that was made, yeah. you know, a hundred years ago because it's probably in better condition than most things that I'll buy anywhere else. And all it needs is, you know, a coat of paint or something. Mm-hmm. If that, like, some if of that, that exactly, like, you know, in estate sales and things like that or whatever. So. Yeah. Don't be in good. Condition. What about you, Lindsay? I feel like your house probably looks like a pottery barn. <laughs> <laughs> oh hell no! Listen, I mean it. It does in the um, what you call it, the kitschiness of it. It's just like you guys are just saying, like college shit. Because I am a person with a very strong point of view when it comes to design. I either like it to be green and chic, like lots of nature, lots of plants, lots of neutral colors, or I like um, minimalistic combined with Versailles. So I like very ornate stuff, but then you a totally lot of empty space around like, it. You sound like Kim Kardashian. And my husband. You just said I have like that. First of all, I, I got everything. I totally visualized it. I could have never. So it's like, I like earthy colors. That's about what I'll get. I was like, I like that. I throw. like jewel tones. Hello? Like, yeah. like garnet red and sapphire yeah. blue and yeah, like the yeah. really rich colors. Yeah, I'm more or, like, oh, that looks like red clay or, mm. you know, that reminds me of. That's like my mom. Desert. But other than that, I can't tell you what to do. Do not take me to a store and be like, okay, let's get a rug. And I'd be like, what? We have a carpet. <laughs> um, yeah, I see. And I'm that guy that would be like, oh, ooh, you know where I saw a really cool rug online? It had tentacles all over it and it was bringing down a, sh- you know, like, <laughs> that that would be me. Oh, let's get this this wallpaper that says fuck you over and over again. You're like no. the couple that makes it really. there out of Area 51. It's the whole That's thing. Cool. <laughs> so. But yeah, I married a thrifty motherfucker like. Our investments are good and he's very good at that stuff. But I, mm-hmm. my mom was Miss Thrift. You know what I mean? Like everything on the cheap. And uh-huh. I married my fucking mom because I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, let's get these emerald colored glasses. $50. It's like $5. You can like, look like you <laughs> do so. some serious freaking shopping in big lots. Yeah. It's true. It's true. I learned if you that do during it the right, pandemic. But well, that wasn't that's a good how thing. I came up it's with literally it. right around the corner. Mm-hmm. Um, but with all of us being West Coast girls, I don't know about y'all. Now I'm kind of on that train too because I feel yeah. like a fire could wipe us out at any minute. I'm not trying right to get a bunch of expensive. I didn't, right? Yeah, it's it yeah. kind of goes back to what I was saying before all this started. Like I, I am in like that that existential crisis where I'm literally like, is there a is there a point to like anything so i'm like i'm gonna spend my money and buy art from my favorite artists like that's 
that's I don't care if it clashes. I'm going to give people money that can actually like use it. Um, the idea of spending thousands of dollars on furniture just it, it blows my mind. I mean, because what if something happens like it always does in movies? There's like a major event, um, you know, and you have to leave your house. You're not taking right. that freaking well, Fabergé egg. You're not taking that. <laughs> right. You no, know, like I mean, to be fair, one of the reasons why Dean and I are selling this house and buying where we are is because there, you know, we we may be those um, paranoid leftists that want to be in an area with other paranoid leftists who can yeah. create a community if something were to happen. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the places that we're looking, it's places where everybody's got a garden. <laughs> you know, hey, that's like, awesome. you guys want to go hungry. Have you guys seen I will collect all my friends who live in apartments and just go, you need to come and live here with yeah. me while the world yeah. crumbles around us. And, yeah, well, more and more groups of people are getting together and buying like land. Yeah. And then just being like, this is this, this is our, you know, I don't want to call it commune, but they're basically being like, we're self-sufficient. We're doing this together. You know, um, if I thought I could pull that off, I would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah. I, w- I wanted to. And my husband said to me, so you <laughs> want to start your own no. trailer park? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I do. A trailer park of tiny funny. houses. I guess right? I do. Yep. Hey, so I did not marry <laughs> Honey Boo Boo. So no, we're not doing that. Um, <laughs> no, but like, I think it's a good idea. Like um, the tiny prefab house that Elon Musk is living in. Um, I think no, things I like that, that are guy. a good idea. Right, right. Like we, one of the things we're looking at, if it doesn't already have a created mother-in-law, it was looking at like getting a tiny house built in whatever yard space for her, like a little loft kind of thing, but like full-size tiny house. (laughs) It's hard to explain. (laughs) Get a Rashid. I'm kind of going off topic, but I want to put in a clip request that from now on, anytime one of us says Elon Musk, you play do <laughs> you hear that, Dean? You have to make a clip of me saying I hate that guy to, to Elon Musk so that every time someone says Elon Musk, we can play. <laughs> Dean had to step out of the room to feed the dog, so he missed a, uh, that conversation. Oh. <laughs> uh, but I do, I do hate that guy. Hate that guy so, so did you hear that he says he's, they're going to build the first human um, android? Mm-hmm. In the next couple years. Because he wants to fuck it. Yes, why are you doing yes. that? Why? Why? In every every <laughs> movie that has ever made a cyborg of some kind, somewhere along the line, the designer wanted to fuck it. So, <laughs> sorry. That's for Cherry. That's for Cherry 5000. Wasn't was he out here a few weeks wasn't. ago? He didn't want to, right? Do you guys remember that movie? No. Oh, that was, that was <laughs> part of the reason why Hubby got it first night, because I mentioned that movie. He knew it, and I was like, we are meant to be. And then I mentioned, um, <laughs> oh my God, the clowns from outer space. Uh huh. Wow. Killer clowns from um, outer space. Yes. And then oh, Teen Witch, like, and I was just dropping lines to mm-hmm. see if you knew. Um, and I was like, oh man, like, I, every Wait, time Cherry, you got something right, I was like, let's. Did you say Cherry 2000? Sure. Two or five. It was one of those. With Harry Carey and. Yes. Uh, yeah. Okay. That was, it was one of those I've movies that would come on. Kind of late night, but not really too late night on like HBO. Um, 
Made in 1987 and set in 2017. Okay, we got to watch this. Oh my God. We've got to watch this. (laughs) Now I want to go back and watch it again. (laughs) Shut up. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's on Prime Video. All right. We are watching that this week, babe. Oh my God. Like Harry Carey from the the baseball announcer guy. If your legs tasted like hot dogs, would you eat them? (laughs) (laughs) That Will Ferrell used to do on Saturday Night Live. Hold on. Nope. It's this guy. Do you think the this, moon's made of cheese? See if I can find a. Um, That's he's an old guy in it. I love that movie. I recognize him as an old guy. No. He looks familiar, but I wonder if maybe he's Harry Carey's father. <laughs> How old is Harry Carey? I, I think Harry Carey's dead now. But <laughs> so is this guy. Okay. But like this, he was in Tombstone and Gremlins and ah um, yeah oh yeah 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 oh, uh, yeah Wyatt Earp and uh, The Exorcist Three and Back to the Future Three. Okay, 3. so the difference is that one is spelled C A R E Y. The uh, sportscaster is C A R A Y. Ah, okay. So there you go. Sports. I didn't realize how many movies right. he's in. Oh, oh mask. <laughs> That was, oh, I loved it. I loved that. that when I was a kid, but like, movie. Oh, oh my God. Just, She's like literally nostalgic. Oh my God. Like I'm seriously forgetting. It was on at least once a month on a Sunday. Like I thought Cher was everything. So I, I remember right? when Mermaids came out. I Mermaids. Was like, oh, <gasps> seriously. And Winona Ryder, I was a little bit in love with. And Christina Ricci, I was the same age. Well, a little bit older, yeah. I think. I think she's kind of pretty. I think she's pretty. I was watching something the other day where she says that she always got, you know, typecasted as the odd, you know, weird yeah. girl. And I was like, you're not always big titty golf girlfriend. Well, yeah, yeah. because of because she was Wednesday Adams, and that just she got she got stuck in that like. Oh, she said a few years she ago she played Lizzie old. Borden, and mm-hmm. well, they, yeah, they were. That's what they. That's what helped her out. Like because before that, she was being told like. You're not a sexy, you know, mm-hmm. uh, com rom What is it? Rom com lead. Um, you're not an Elizabeth Banks. Like, like blatantly, they were telling her stuff. You're not blonde um, and skinny, right? You're like not exactly part. what we think that audiences yeah. want to yeah. watch, despite yeah. the fact that people have called you a sex symbol since you were 13 years old and yeah. you requested a breast reduction surgery. Yeah, <laughs> no, you are weird looking. Now, like, right? I was just watching something talking about that in the. Uh, she was saying that it just took a really big toll on her. Um, and that led her into like an abusive marriage or mm-hmm. that marriage. But babe, guess what is on? Also, I know that she had a lot of um, like eating disorders. She had anorexia for a while or yeah, I think it was anorexia. I'm not sure if that was a recurring thing or. But, and a lot of that had to do kind of and the reason why I kind of understood about the whole like breast reduction at 13, because I had a huge eating disorder when I was a kid because my tits were outsized to my body still are, but at least now I kind of look proportional as a fat person. (laughs) But She was always like a size two with double D's and that's, I was taking a child psychology class for hubby and they were talking about the, you know, how detrimental it is for both for boys and girls to, you know, to develop too quickly. You know, they're Mm -hmm. like, imagine that eighth grader that had the full freaking mustache, full Mm -hmm. beard, muscles like he was a senior. Like for him, he still thinks like an eighth grader, but he's expected to 
act like how he looks. Yeah. Um, and then for girls, you become immediately over-sexualized. I um, looked like I was 16 years old from the time I was 10 years old until the time I was 30. All right. That's why yeah. Soleil Moon Fry did it too. She's yeah. like, I was so just over-sexualized. Like, and people would talk to her. They were showing her on Ricky Lake and Ricky Lake was like asking her questions about her breasts and her sexuality. And I'm just like, wait, well, what? And I'm like, God damn, in the 90s, we just really just right. went and for it. Huh? Ricky should have fucking known better. I mean, as a fucking actress herself who had to deal with all of the fucking fat phobia in the world where I, yeah. mm, ju- but by that time, she was maybe Ricky, a teenager. Ricky, Ricky, right, right. So she was feeling herself, probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there was 10 other freaking you know, talk shows on at that time. So it was competition. So probably. <laughs> right. That was the same time as Jenny Jones and uh, yeah. Sally Jesse Raphael was still yeah. still big. Yeah. I remember, uh, I think she started, Springer. I think I was in high school when she started her talk show. Yeah, I, def- I definitely was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So good. We used to rush home, me and my friend rush home and watch Days of Our Lives <laughs> and then Ricky Lake and then James and Jenny came on later because, yeah, I remember when everybody was like, you saw Mary J. Blige on Jenny Jones saying that she was a man? And what? nobody. <laughs> you know, oh, you never heard of that? No. Rumor story? Yeah. So well, Jenny yeah. Jones was, f- oh, my God, that's terrible anyway. But yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but that was like a big, like, go. I don't know, maybe it was a Northern California thing or a California thing, but it was a big thing when people were like, oh, yeah, I saw that episode. There was no such episode. Hell of people were just lying, being like, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mary said her name was Marcus. Um, it's like, and I'm like Ma- so- the Mandela effect that they talk about. Oh, yeah. Everybody. Berenstain everybody bears says, versus yeah. the Berenstain bears. Or the, uh, that is the, crazy. It's Berenstain. The, the, sin, the Sinbad. Kazam. Shazam. Shazam. Oh, yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yep. Crazy. So, yes, this totally has to do with. Um, oh, hey, before we go any farther, before we actually start in the bank, I wanted to let our listeners know that next week I will be um, enjoying myself on Venice Beach without a podcasting ability. So uh, Demond will be here with you lovelies um, talking about the, the next episode. Um, our honorary uh, Woodcrest family member. Right. I love that. Yes, our she's going to be killing herself. <laughs> Our own Uncle Barry. <laughs> I want you to play Mac Dre feeling myself at least once on your train trip. Okay. Do you know who that is? No. <laughs> don't forget who you're talking to here. I was going to say, I was like, girl, give me that black card. Where you, you don't know my- oh, honey, uh, I, I, I never think- actually got a black card. I was going to say, were you ever given um, one? No. <laughs> your, your dad kept it in I, his wallet. Yeah, my, my dad kept wow. it from me, and I only discovered that I had it, you know, recently. <laughs> Uh, she's not sure how to how it works it's kind of like when you go to school you you didn't learn how to do checking when you were in school so or your taxes (laughs) yeah just i said do you know who matt what'd you say mj though (laughs) no so this is my last episode everyone thank you so much no so we'll have to yeah so i'm gonna need you guys on homework assignment just Google, YouTube, Mac, right? Um, fire, fire, Jay? fire artists from, from here in the Bay, like influenced years of, um, of people that listen to just Bay Area rap. Um, but there's a song he has called 
feeling myself. Yeah, I want you to play that when you're on vacation. Okay. Yeah. And it's just one of those songs. Like, if you're getting ready and, you know, Lindsay, you know, when you're getting ready to look all cute for the day, just put it on and be like, feeling myself. Yeah, I guess. We're going to need you guys. I'm going to have to make you guys a playlist. When you said it. I'll make you a, a 2021 yeah, make me it a Spotify Spotify playlist. There, I I absolutely love when people make me Spotify playlists. Anybody out there listening, if you want to make me one, I totally will listen to it at least once. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> make me a mixtape. I'm totally still in the '90s. Oh well, you and my son would love. I mean, this boy, mom, can I pick a song on the way home from school today? And you put. They got. He put something 90s back. He's like, Mom, who is this? I was like, boy, I know, I know it's like Cuban. I just didn't listen to it. I wasn't listening to New Kids on the Block. I wasn't listening to that at the time. Or, you know, Vanilla Ice or Brian Austin Green. I Cotton Eye Joe or something. A couple of know. those I would recognize. I forgot that Brian Austin Green made me sick at that back in the day. Like you said it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, he did a I thing. Like everybody from, from the 90s tried to make a, an album at some uh, point. Well, he was like, he was, uh, you know, he was on a Soleil Moon Fries uh, documentary that I told you guys about a while ago. I was like, mm-hmm. I cried and blah, blah, blah. But he was saying, he was like, I was, I've always been in hip hop, always been into, like, my parents played punk and blah, blah, blah. So he's like, I was David Silver and David Silver was me. You know, and I was like, yeah, you could tell in those scenes when you'd be like dancing that you were serious about the running man. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, I love it. I was one of 6,000 people who bought his tape. <laughs> I also have Nella Ice. I used Vanilla to know uh, I used to know Ice Ice Baby by heart from the beginning. Now I can only get through the first verse without losing my place, but like when I was a kid, it was the it was one of the only rap songs that I actually knew. And even even then, I knew that it was like pushing it when it came to being yeah. called rap. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, Snow's Informer was probably oh, more Jesus. rap than yeah. Good I, old... I kind of hated that song too. <laughs> <laughs> I hated that because I'm everybody like, like yeah exactly nobody down. could actually say the words. So everybody was just like a licky bum bum down. That's all anybody ever did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, because he wasn't really saying anything. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I loved, yeah. Good old. Oh, I feel bad for these kiddos now that have, you know, mush, mush mouth. I'm going to sound so old right now. Let's mm-hmm. have these mush mouth rappers who can't make a song longer than one minute and 45 seconds. Um, I feel sorry for you guys. You guys should really. Listen to some old school music. <laughs> I mean, that <laughs> if we think about in terms of this uh, episode, they were talking about uh, Thugnificent basically being old school because his his last album was four years ago. Yeah. So yeah. like artists these days are just like, even though this was 15 years ago or whatever, artists are just like uh, the sergeant. What's his name? Gutta. Sergeant Gutta in this. You know, they're all like either teenagers or they have been doing it since they were teenagers and they have the same shtick the whole time. And when I realized it was supposed to be Soldier Boy like and I was like, wait, this was it made me think about that kind of change 
that mm-hmm. shift that happened. So you went from Nelly and uh, like Luda. I mean, Luda is still pretty relevant, but you went from them Busta to and... a soldier boy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So actually, I thought about it when I was watching the episode. I was like, I wonder, not that they were putting Busta on blast, but what if that, you know, that was probably around the time that Busta just kind of went off into the, you know, into the shadows. I mean, I think his last big song was Pass the with Diddy. And that was probably about the time that, you know, Soldier Boy was peak, peak, eating. So, <laughs> yeah. um, and you, and, oh, and look, I'm not even going to try to act like I did not do that dance because that was. <laughs> um, well, let's, let's get into this and then we can talk about uh, oh. what we remember about that, that era. <laughs> uh, all right. So Bitches to Rags, which is um, kind of a play on the last Legnificent uh, major episode, which was uh, Rags to Bitches. Um, <laughs> so we start off with Granddad waking up to see a repo man attempting to possess Dorothy, uh, his car. Um, it turns out the repo man was looking for Thugnificent's house. Um, I love that granddad was like, this car's been paid off since 1975. Mm-hmm. And immediately the guy was like, oh yeah, you're probably right. Cause that car was kind of a piece of shit. Uh, then we are, we, um, are at Thugnificent's house where, uh, he opens the door worried that it's, you know, somebody after needing more money because his car was just repossessed. Um, but it's Riley, and so he's like, oh, I mean, you cool, and he comes in, and they're getting ready to play video games with each other. Uh, Magnificent's house is a total mess, and, like, the yard is overgrown, and, uh, but Magnificent says that everything is fine. In fact, he makes a phone call with Warren Buffett saying that he would let him borrow $8 billion because that's realistic. <sighs> so when Riley turns on the television, he sees the video for 15-year-old rap sensation Sergeant Gutta's Crank That Artichoke and begins doing the dance associated <laughs> with the song. Uh, Thugnificent is frustrated and tells Riley about his new album and decides to play him some of those tunes, which are all auto-tuned, which you know, Riley's very dismayed about, but nobody ever tells Thugnificent the truth. So, um, turns out every song is auto-tuned and, uh, he, Thugnificent thinks it's just the hottest sound. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but something I noticed during that scene was when Riley was trying not to tell him the music was terrible, he took his dreads and stuffed them in his ears. So he didn't actually Uh have to keep listening to the songs. No. I love this. Like, and it was barely noticeable. Person. I think it was like the third or fourth time through that I was like, wait, what is he doing with his hair? Ha- oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, I don't know. Well, yeah. you know, it's Riley. So I was like, we ain't gonna be doing anything. Right, um, right, right. But did you, did when he came and sat down, did he line up a joint? A cigarette. It, I think it was a oh, Newport okay. even. It was a green and white pack. So Was it? Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so earlier when I watched this, I know I mentioned it in our chat together and anybody who was listening to the pre-show probably heard it. I had kind of a bad anxiety day, um, PTSD trigger and school, you know, like stress basically. And uh, so to kind of get over it, I just watched the show like over and over again in the middle of the day. So I got a lot of details this time. (laughs) I studied it. I got it. A little bit. I mean, not, not as closely as uh, like, I liked this episode, not as closely as, as I as I watch episodes that I really, really like, 
but um, I have a question because I don't listen to rap and, and current rap and R&B that much, but I know that musicians use auto-tune all the time still. How prevalent um, is that still in rap? Well, no, okay, so not blatantly. So, okay, technology has, of course, gotten better. Oh, yeah, definitely. So they don't, they don't, okay. So they don't use it to try to be T-Pain because T-Pain blew the fuck up. And don't <laughs> yeah. get me started because T-Pain could sing. I saw T-Pain live, live when he first came out. And I was like, this dude can sing. So it always infuriated me. People were like, oh, blah, blah, blah. especially because you had Roger Troutman and Zap and like it shit have been used before. But so what they do more of now is they they use that to be like, um, I want to sound like I was in a. Uh, a cave, you know what I'm saying? Um, so it'll be like an echoing effect or um, the person I could say that does it the best and it's not really noticeable. But then when you really listen, you're like, dude, this dude's a genius. It's probably Kanye West. Okay. Um, where he's, he's just, but then again, he, you know, he yokes his producers and he pays them a lot. But so it's just another form of the software. Um, and I'm sure there are some people out there that cannot hold a tune still. And they use it more for that, but not so much of that auto tune, you know, just blatant auto tune effect that was so heavy, you know, and I feel like the nine, nine in the 2000s. Right. Uh, right. Like early, the late nineties, early two thousands for sure. But I feel like, you know, in the last 10 years, it's, it's become more prevalent again, but maybe I, so it's, what it is, is they, they do more sing songy shit. And like I said, then they're doing like some manipulation, but it's not really. And people don't get shit for it that. anymore, too. Like, nobody's yeah. going to give them shit for using autotune on something. Whereas, you know, unless you were like Cher and you were like, look, yeah. I'm just going to do the whole thing in autotune and you're going to be fine with it because I'm Cher. I uh, did not know until like three weeks ago that do you believe after love was. I did not know that. Really? That was. I did not. Know. Because I didn't listen to rap. That was my introduction to autotune. I yeah, was, I just, and it was in a karaoke bar the first time I heard it. And I was like, what did they do to her voice? I thought it was just Cher being like, because, you know, Cher always kind of sang with her mouth like, oh, you know, oh, yeah, um, definitely. So I just thought like, oh, she took some different singing lessons. And, you know, now she's using, you know, EDM beats. And I really just I didn't think about <laughs> it until I watched the Netflix special about it. Um, My friends but, and so, I used to get drunk and you know, Travis, you know who Travis Scott is? Uh, the name sounds familiar. So yeah, you probably yeah. So you probably heard of him. Like if you did listen or like had a you know a crossover radio station that played like a combination um, of like Megan Trainer and then freaking um, Travis Scott, you would, you would hear him. Um, he, I would say that you probably would have heard it in him more often. But it's always in a song that he's like, eh, I don't want to say like a love song, but it's like that vibe. So he's either talking about like. Him and a girl turning up, you know, he went and picked up a girl in a car. They went out or it's let's get lit. Like it's used in that, okay. that aspect. So it's it. They say it's to add like texture to a song and to add depth and to give you like this whole feeling. Um, you know, it probably is because, you know, they didn't sound good or <laughs> the producer was like, here, here's the final cut. And they were like, perfect. Um. So, yeah, so it's interesting that you, that you say that, though, because I do think that it's used more in um, like EDM and oh, yeah. um, I don't want to say reggaeton, but that kind of like huge 
burst of Latin, Latinx kind of Latin okay. performers. They use it in that because all their music is so party, you know, centric. Like everything's like being at a fiesta. A siesta. Or, <laughs> yes, yes, that's the right word. Um, it's like being yeah, it the, wouldn't be a party if it was a siesta. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, definitely your kind of party. Yes. <laughs> but no, so that's, yeah, so that's when it's, it's definitely used more. Now with the like newer rappers, like the ones that my son can't stand, he's like, was the NBA young boy really in the NBA? And I was like, oh, son, don't. <laughs> but I need to he, ask Evan they, who he listens to now. Yeah, they just mumble. Like they literally, everyone sounds alike. Oh my god, that sounds so old. But that's really what I was they sound say like. That, like Evan, Evan was definitely younger when mumble rap was, and we would give him a hard time a little bit about it. But he never really liked it. There was oh, just no, like, it's huge. and there's so many of them. Like who the hell yeah. is a little Zan? Who in the hand is a little TJ? Like. Later, when when uh, Thugnificent is dropping the names, and I, I totally have a thing about that, so we should talk about names then, because that's yeah, exactly yeah. how I feel about them all. So ridiculous. Uh, anyway, let's get back to... Uh, so, we are hanging out by the pool, and Riley asks Thugnificent about Phenomenal. I thought Phenomenal was supposed to be back this week. Man, that nigga, man. You know he went and got a job. A what? I know, nigga. That's what I said. A job? Can you believe this, nigga? Nigga talking about he need health insurance and shit. I'm like, damn, nigga. Pull down your skirt. You know what I'm saying? Take the dick out your ass. Niggas acting like little bitches, man. And this nigga, Mac Tastic, this nigga went back to pimping and shit. Yo, it's funny how niggas change on you, man. You know what I'm saying? So you here all by yourself? Yeah, just me. Hey, what's up, y'all? Just got back from work. Y'all hungry? Oh, and Leonard. <laughs> so we know what has now happened to the entire lethal in, lethal interjection interjection crew. Uh, they I mean, are Leonard, not not making any money, so they're out working. And because the rap thing is just not happening right now. Um. So I just love that they brought that story back to in like full circle. Like right. because when he was like, "I'll go get a job," maybe cool. that shit was hilarious. Right. And so he's back now. We're getting wings. Well, not only uh, that, like there there is a recurring theme about that character in this episode that like I, I want to talk about a little bit later. But yeah. like it seems like uh every well, definitely everybody in the crew except for Thugnificent has faced reality to some point. Um, you know, going back to pimp and getting an office job uh or working at Wendy's. Um and you know, Thugnificent is still so looking at this like it's all about him yeah 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 Yeah. so everything was that's the problem with having like your boys right um and you know and stuff like that i think somebody that does it really well is kevin hart um you know he he allowed for those careers to grow he you know has bought them all dope cars and like it's just very you know like it's it's we're a team not so much of i'm the star y'all are my my peons to Mm -hmm. hang out um but what's so funny is that Leonard is like ride or die. Like he's really trying yeah. to just stay with this delusional and grown ass Otis and um, trying to make it, you know, trying to make the situation better. So I, because I, I, you know, you'll see that. But when the money starts running out, they usually run out too. Right, right. Um, and in this case, you know, that's that's the way that Thugnificent is looking at it. Like he's seeing it as they've all abandoned him, whereas they're all like, Dude, we 
we got to eat. Yeah. <laughs> like talking yeah. about health insurance as if that's some kind of bad thing. <laughs> right. So I was thinking while I was watching it, like, I think that really a lot of it would be, of course, because he had everybody like kissing his ass for however, how many years. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they were able to go and make the transition back to normal life, and I'm doing air quotes, like, mm-hmm. see, I think that just made him even more aware that he didn't have that ability or that yeah. he didn't have those options. So then he's salty about it, you know? Um, well, I think that, so, yeah. that comes later for sure. Like in the beginning, I don't think that it, well, and he even says kind of in a little bit, and we'll get to it where he says like, I, I didn't think that it would, that my rap career would happen, let alone be a sh- like, I thought it would last longer. So like he doesn't, he, he has no idea of how to move on from this. What's that? If it were one of my boys, I'd be like, boy, look, you know, you got about 17 seconds left mm-hmm. on this 15 minutes. Like, I hope you put your money aside. Like, I wouldn't. It's just sad that there's nobody in those situations because we know this is a real life situation, you know, right. more often than not. That somebody goes, hey, look, what, what's your alternative? You know, like, what, what are we going to do from here on out? Um, so, yeah. I felt all kind of feels during this episode. Yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> So in the next scene, Thagnificent is a guest uh, on the DJ Vlad radio show where Vlad constantly reminds the audience that Thagnificent is old and even, you know, his album came out four years ago and it feels like 40. And he asks him about his next CD. No doubt, no doubt. The CD is crazy. (laughs) It's on fire. It's got something for everybody, you know what I'm saying? It's got joints for the streets. It's got joints for the ladies. It's got joints for the ladies in the streets. (laughs) Now, Lindsay, that was one of your clips. Did you have something you wanted to talk about with that? Yes, I feel like, and it does touch into a bit of what you guys were just talking about in terms of like cruise and career and fame. I feel like a big theme running through this episode is about what it is to have that kind of big dream, want to make it as an artist or a YouTuber or a celebrity, any kind of fame you chase. For me, as a fake artist, writer, whatever, you, there's this thing going on about like selling out who you align with. Like we're really Mm -hmm. getting into all of this shit throughout this episode. So, you know, and that kind of quote, I feel like he's starting to kind of touch on it. Instead of doing his art for himself, he is selling out. He is like, there's something there for everyone. There's something for the ladies in the streets. There's something for, you know, this and that person instead of just doing. And that's the shit that he was talking about at the beginning. It's Riley. Like everybody's selling out. They're this, they're that. I don't want to do this. And then turns around, like you're saying, and doing exactly that, you know, right, right. Like last desperate shot. And even later, he says that he basically was talked into to using the auto tune all that much or whatever. Like he he's like, I don't even want to do that, basically. Um, so he he is faced with the fact that he is essentially, uh, you know, his his time is over. His and he's he's just desperate to get somebody to like what he's putting out. After Thugnificent reminds everyone that he is still a fan of the Notorious B.I.G., which is, of course, a fact that everyone is like, oh, even older school. Vlad then asks him. 
Who are you feeling out there in the game right now? What are you banging in your trunk right now? Okay, okay. You know, I'm definitely feeling a lot of cats in the game right now. You know what I'm saying? I'm feeling my main man, uh, Young Cow Tipper, uh, Jock Daddy Pimp, Little Hobnobber, Goo Goo the Bone Mouth, Little Rich, S. Biden Rose. I'm feeling Willie Whistleworth C. Uh, my main man, Trick Money Smitty, Little Fanta, putting in his work. Look out for his mixtape. Uh, Pew Boy Pimp, Nasty Murder Trey, Epis Green, Little Big Dollar, Snow Bunny Samson. Um, I'm feeling a lot of cats right now. You know what I'm saying? A lot of people doing their thing. I... Once again, Aaron Magruder is a sorcerer. <laughs> Right. I love that back then, probably everybody would have just giggled about that. Like, oh, that's a funny joke. But now that literally sounded like it could have been a real list of rappers. Look, I'm going to tell you guys in like three months. Have you heard that new little whistleblower or whatever you said? Like somebody, (laughs) some kid is going to run across that and be like, fire. Start calling me like, oh, my God. And, you know, it's no creativity. Like, it's no Eminem came up with Eminem because his name is Marshall Mathers. Right? He didn't come up and saying that he was the red Eminem in the bag. No, it's, yeah, exactly. I'm the the green Eminem. Yeah, you know, in the bag. And like, you, I don't understand. I don't know if it's the Zan bars. I don't know what it is. But good Lord, if I hear one more little or letters being put together that in normal English, they don't make a sound nor a word, but yet <laughs> they went ahead and called themselves that. Like, I just, I, I, I see why my son's like ice cube, simple. Know what I am. Right. Uh-huh. Like that, Jodeci. that is definitely like, true. Like our childhood generation, musicians and rappers, and even the ones that had silly names that at, we kind of were like, he, he, ice cube. That's such a silly name. But also, you know, he was a tough motherfucker before he started doing family movies. So nobody really laughed at him for that. But like that was an era where names like that were the outlier, where now if you go by a real name, they're like, "Ooh, okay." I mean, you also (laughs) didn't name your children sounds or like, (laughs) right? you know, so it's like, yeah. So, you know, that's probably what it is. Damn, these damn kids are growing up and they're like, Mom, you called me sub. (laughs) No. So, you know. Um, I can yeah. imagine Apple. Apple's gonna go off on Gwyneth. Isn't she an this adult week. now? Like, I feel like that was twenty years ago at this point. Oh, but close to it. Close oh, dude, to what's it. his name? Uh, the other day, um, Shrek was twenty years old and almost died. Pilot Inspector, wasn't that him? Like oh. uh, Pendulette, uh, comedian and oh. pen, from Penn and Teller. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Named his kid Pilot Inspector. Good. Um, God, who else was? Like, and hubby was getting mad at me when I said I wanted to name middle name for a daughter Kizzy. He was up set at me because we were just watching Roots, and I was like, "That's so powerful." He's like, "We are not." Like he was so <laughs> mad at me. He's like, "We are not having daughters." And I was like, "You don't know." He goes, "We are not." If you want to name them after us, um, okay. I thought Kizzy was cute. I was All like, right. "We can call her Kizzy." He was like, "We are getting a divorce." Right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was like calling your kid Kuta Kinte. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't even name my kid Toby. Just <laughs> that's what Dean just said off mic. <laughs> we had you had a dog named Toby, right? No, that's, that was my mom. My I mom had a dog raccoon. named Toby. My, my mother named our raccoon Kissy. Uh, of course, your mother did. Your raccoon. Of course, your mother did. <laughs> we moved into a house out in the, out in the middle of nowhere uh, that had been uh, out, nobody had been living there for a couple of years. Uh, and, uh, we, we got, we went up into the attic as we're moving in to put stuff away and we found this nest of raccoons, um, 
the, all the baby, all the babies except for one had died. Because <laughs> uh, we moved in, it was like I want to say it was. I don't. Well, no, it, I don't remember what it was. Anyway, uh, we found this raccoon. We, I mean, it was tiny. It was like the size of a mouse when we found it. We raised it. We fed it with like doll bottles. <laughs> and, oh, but my, but my mom named it Kissy. Uh, oh my God! So. Oh, that, that you are honestly the first person I've ever heard of that. Hmm. Yep. I've had two. I've actually known a couple of people now that have had pet raccoons. Raccoons are mean. And whenever we see them, they're fat and staring at you with their We got, we got three pandas. living out behind our house yeah. Yeah. that have been out here since their mom got hit by a car like two years ago. Oh. Just these three little, like, they were tiny when I first saw them. And now they just like to walk by where my dog can't can see them but not get to them. <laughs> or at night, if I'm sitting out on the deck, I'll hear like the chittering of them because they know that I'm there, but, and they're not going to come by me, but they're like, Hey, I'm over here. I'm over here. <laughs> they're like, leave that trash can. So my, my rap name will be little raccoon. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Yeah. I like I'm it. into it. I'm into it. Moving on. All right. We'll so absent from the list that uh, Thugnificent had just named off was Sergeant Gutter, who Thugnificent despises. So he starts a rap beef. Uh, Riley knew it was a bad idea and tried to get him to stop, but it was too late, and he bashed Sergeant Gutter to hell him back, uh, and it is a colossal failure in record sales. In a YouTube video, Thugnificent angrily asks his fans and followers why they won't buy his music so that he can make money, and that moral support via social media is not what he needs. He complains that he only gets stupid questions and comments. Hey, hey, Thugnificent, is it is it booty butt cheeks or is it moved in butt cheeks? Nigga, who gives a fuck? It's a song about <laughs> butt cheeks. Okay. Okay. So when we've heard this song before, I swear to God, it's always sounded like booty butt cheeks to me until yeah. this episode where now it sounds like move them butt cheeks. And I don't know what to think of. It's like the the Laurel. What was it? What was it? Laurel. Uh, Yanni. Yanni. Last. Like, oh. geez, I wanted to say last year. That was like five years ago. <laughs> I, no. I mean, it could have been moving butt cheeks, booty, booty, butt cheeks. It could have been like that. Yeah, it's probably like that. <laughs> <laughs> Not like it's a real song and all. We're sitting here right. like. Oh. <laughs> 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 he's so angry. He's so in his feelings, though. Like, he's right. so in his feelings. And that, I mean, we didn't, social media wasn't huge at this time, especially for celebrities. But once again, showing you how. This would have been. MySpace days, right? Sorry about that, but I don't think it's not like it is now on Instagram and, right. and Twitter and people get in and just talk crazy shit. Like people were fans, he you said, know. He said on the episode actually, uh, I'm I'm about to I'm about to delete everybody from my top thirties list. That's on Facebook and MySpace. Uh, <laughs> okay. Man, that's when Facebook was cool. But uh, it was fun. When you put up your five type five favorite songs and people be like, Yeah, I like that one too. MySpace. That shit was fun. No, at the beginning. So, uh, the our next scene, um, uh, Thugnificent is on the phone with his label, his record label, which basically drops him, and uh, you hear him saying "damn, damn, damn" in the background. Um, and right at that point is when Leonard comes home. Hey, what's up, y'all? Hey, man, I got a surprise for you. I seen that video you put on your MySpace. You know, the one, how they don't be buying your CD and stuff, right? Well, here. I got them the day after work. I spent my whole check. 
but I want you to know I support you, man. See, that? look at it. This, I, this, okay. <laughs> this guy is trying so hard. Yeah. He, he thinks, he hears his friend saying, you ain't buying my album. So he goes out and spends his entire paycheck oh, on buying those that CDs. Is, and his friend is. treats him like shit for it. Yeah. Yeah. Is that, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's good for you to have those people around that know you the best because then they can kind of deal with all that. But right. a lot of these celebrities, their friend, they become really good friends with these people in the process of becoming famous. You know, um, so they're not your old, you know, fourth grade friend who really knows you and knew that you peed on yourself every time you went to sleep. You know, I, feel like, like that. I like, feel like that is Leonard. Like he's the one that's been around for a long ass time and just really is not very smart. <laughs> and he's, yeah. But he's like good hearted. He wants loyal. to. Yeah, yeah. He's very loyal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's um, a hustler. He was, said he was going to go back and work at fast food. Right. Wait, wait, wait. We're going to re- listen to that next. So Thugnificent <laughs> is pissed off because he says he's throwing his money away. No, no. Thugnificent is that I only make like seven fifty an hour. And the mortgage on this place is like 12000 a month. So I did the math. And that means I had to work like 82 hours a day. So I went in, asked the manager for some overtime. And he said he couldn't do it because it's a good company policy. You just started here. Who you think you are? Be lucky with the hours that you get. Cindy's pregnant and she has to work. And I was like, well, Cindy, so I tried to figure that maybe I could work two jobs at the same time. So I was like, maybe I could be on the phone doing some tele and marketing and work on like some art and sell art out of back of window. Oh. And again, like, he's just like, I will do anything. Let me help. Let me, uh, you know, uh, I will work more hours than there are in a day. I will and make like, up a job because right? what is talent? And take two other jobs and I will do art and sell it out of the back of the van at the same time. And, and out, out, out on Wendy's, he's going to be like, no, and double doing working Wendy's, selling art. Right. And doing tele marketing. <laughs> tele marketing. <laughs> <laughs> So, Thugnificent is distraught, but not for the reasons that you would expect. Oh, man. Why me? I did everything I was supposed to do. I used that stupid fucking auto-tune on my voice. I instigated rap beef, and I even tried to make a dance, nigga. Nothing seems to work. So, not only is he completely dismissing Leonard basically saying, I will do anything for you, but he's saying, I sold out, and I still got nothing. But, Lindsay, what did you have to say about that one? Yeah. I mean, it's you just totally said it. That's why I picked it. Yeah. So do you guys know who voiced Leonard? Yeah. I just looked it up because it was driving me crazy. D-Ray Davis? Yep. Look at you. No. Who's that? You want your card? I'm going to laminate your card and send it to you. Um, the comedian that has two girlfriends? Yeah, that's very open about. He's like, look. If, Polly yeah. came out like two years ago saying that he was Polly. Um, they, like, comedians make fun of him because he's very light-skinned. Like, he's, like, bright with pretty eyes. Um, have you seen okay. Friday? I, I mean, not Friday. Have you seen him. Barbershop? Yeah, I was saying, if you if you seen Barbershop, he's the one that came in trying to sell stuff at the Barbershop. Okay. He has a funny stand up. He was in Think Not. Well, yeah. Um, it was driving me crazy this whole time. I was like, no, not most steps. So, but yeah, that totally <laughs> sounds like. <laughs> well, we had a question about that later, yeah, right? I think. Well, yeah, when you get to the crack crackheads. Yeah, because oh, we were wondering oh, yeah. if he had yeah, like secretly yeah. recorded one of those voices, but uh, yeah, look, who so, would have told? Somebody could have convinced me. Hey, most of gonna be like a legit actor. Right? I'm like, fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> sing a vibrant thing. So later, uh, Sergeant Gutta responds to Thugnificence in a 
internet video with a response of his own on MySpace. Um, first, he says he admires and respects Magnificent and loved his music growing up. You know, the four years ago when he was 11, when Thugnificent's album came out. Then he breaks him down by making fun of him because he told him to eat a dick. Like, who tells a 15-year-old to eat a dick? Come on now. Uh, Well, yeah, you would, Dean. Uh, (laughs) So he supposedly calls Thugnificent's mother, who laments that that Thugnificent's use of foul language and beefing with teenage boys, uh, you know, she says that she didn't raise him that way and she doesn't like it and she tells him that all the time and... The video ends with Gutta hoping that the IRS would show up to his house. And they do. And then we, uh, so we know MacTastic has gone back to pimping and Flonominal has gotten himself a regular office job. He visits Thugnificent and tells him to do the same at the same place he's working. Uh, Thugnificent comes in for an interview where he tells the hiring manager that he's only wants to get a job temporarily because his rap career is on hold and will blow up again. And he'll be taking Phenomenal with him uh, once this hiring manager realizes that he means, oh, Derek, the new guy, um, and verifies the rap careers. He not only refuses to hire Thugnificent, but uh, has Phenomenal fired at the same time. Um, and it's it's I I wonder about this like uh it says in in this that mostly for not mentioning his rap career in his resume but i think it was because of the uh the you know fuck granddad and stomp him in the nuts they're just a little too controversial for maybe this office position uh that was well, my the, fun the anyway. guy did say well he failed to mention that on his resume he said that a few times <laughs> he said that a few times about not knowing these things Looking up the video, like, come right. on. he was like, oh, right. I thought he wasn't one of those black people. Right. Good yeah. Exactly. Like, he looked up, he looked at Derek and, and, uh, it was not impressed anymore. Well, I mean, and Thug Nifson didn't come in, like, on the best. Like, it, my thing would have been like, you really thought referring him was a good job? Right. But he had a communications degree, which kind of. Yeah, he's, threw he's me. got a bachelor's, which. Yeah, I, I, was like, I Wow, okay. Did they say that in another episode and we missed it? Because I don't remember that at all. Well, they said that I earlier mean, in this episode, for sure. Yeah they, said that, yeah, they said it in the interview when he was interviewing. Said, oh, okay. Wow. I missed that one too. Or at least it didn't stick in my memory. Uh. So now Thugnificent is down to his last resort to save his house because the IRS has basically said he owes like over $100,000 or they're going to take it all away. Um, So he decides to start selling crack because that's the obvious next thing to do. Um, Unfortunately, none of them know know how to actually make crack. So they decide to watch a rap video because that'll teach them. Um, But then when that doesn't work, they go on Wikipedia. (laughs) Thugnificent's first, oh, uh, he gets the cocaine from Ed the Third, which I just found perfect. And, you know, he's, who's your, con- oh. I, I got connections, Ed the Third. Uh, <laughs> um, so Thugnificent's first night out selling crack is a disaster. Uh, he had one sale where the guy ended up coming back, the dude with the English accent, ended up coming back because it was singed around the edges. Um, and his other one is just wanting to get wanting to buy some, but keeps getting interrupted by the fan who also has to go and get his cousin because, hey, it's it's Thugnificent selling crack. And um, Thugnificent is humiliated and tries to basically say it's not him um, and then gets even more upset when both the fan and the crackhead basically 
telling him that auto-tune is shit and he shouldn't have done that. So Thugnificent runs away. So You're getting roasted by a serious crackhead. Right. With an accent. Right. So I have right. a couple of comments on this, this scene. One, the two crackheads have the exact same face. The, the lips, the eyes, the, hood, the hoods on their eyes, the nose, it's all exactly the same. Different voices voicing them. Uh, one doing the English accent, the other one is the one that we thought sounded like Mostaf, right? Yeah. So I, I was I was curious why they had they were the basically the exact same character. Like, yeah, I just he always has a point for shit. So I was curious about that. Well, one. I, mean, I, I don't know any crackheads. Um, I don't either. Like when I was younger and stuff, but I think part of it is because they get the same look. They look I mean, like that zombie look, and so I. That's how I took it. It's like, you know, I, the yeah. one package, you know, like kind of thing. So also That's they, what Judge Mathis says too. The the characters also kind of look like um what's his name? Uh comedian. Tyrone Biggums. Is that the uh, the Chappelle show. Chappelle show, yeah. That's what I was trying. The crackhead yeah. from Chappelle show, like one of them. Yeah, the one basically, the oh, I, I'm, I, I didn't get all the way through the the hot stuff that he said there. Uh, so. Magnificent makes one last desperate call to Steve, who was an old friend of his, who was a Hollow Point Records exec that once tried to sign him um, on a deal. So they're they're calling to try and sell him that cocaine. Um, when he gets there with Ed the Third and Leonard, they try to make the deal. What is this cocaine? Yeah, I uh, thought we were gonna discuss a record deal, not a drug deal. Huh? You said you had something I might be interested in, and I thought you were talking about music. Oh, man. I want back into the Thugnificent business. How about a $150,000 advance? Well, all right. Oh. What you want I to say about that, that Linz? Oh. oh, it's just going right back to the thing about selling out. Like, if you are an artist or a creative or whatever, yo, that's why you don't chase what the general public is doing, auto-tune and all this bullshit, because, like, people who see your art are going to fucking see it. And here he is trying to be a drug dealer now, and here is somebody who can give him the opportunity to do the shit he loves to do, saying, oh, I don't want drugs. I want you for what you do well, the Thugnificent experience. Yeah, that would have been, like, two life crew coming out all of a sudden being like, we're gang, we're just kingpins. We do this, we do that. I mean, when all they talked about was, you know, pop that pussy and everything. Like that, it would have been like, that would have been disgenuine. Plus, I know that they were all dedicated, so that wouldn't have. But um, he, I was just telling Hubby, the, the man, the record exec reminded me a little bit of Ron Jeremy crossed with Jeremy uh, or Jerry Heller. Do you guys know who he is? No, Ron Jeremy. I don't know the other name. Easy e the one who like kind of who supposedly did on like the, the bad deals for N.W.A. Okay. Um, and then Easy E ended up like going with him, like working with his record company and stuff. And I think he ended up being Easy E's manager. Uh, um, but I, he reminded me like a supposed to. I'm not saying really Ron Jeremy. I think it's just his physical appearance is what reminded me of Ron Jeremy. But um, overall, I think he was supposed to be kind of like a, you know, like a an independent kind of like on the under kind of shady record label. Can I, uh, can I, can I, um, pull out an Easter egg here? 
<laughs> so Dean Dean found this information, not me. Um, and I didn't remember from... Uh, so that scene, the scene that I'm actually about to describe, is an homage to a scene in Boogie Nights. Um, oh, yes. Including the kid throwing firecrackers in the background, which was confusing me at first because I did not remember that scene. But when Dean started explaining, it it it, it all clicked for me. I remembered. Um, but that's that same sort of. Movies. What was so that? I know exactly what One of my favorite movies, so I know exactly what you're talking about. Nice. Yeah. So here's that scene. Let me read this. Uh, Ed becomes annoyed when he's not there when he finds that he's not there for the drug deal. And that he's not going to be getting any money. So he pulls out his gun and basically threatens to shoot, which uh, Steve pulls out a shotgun and starts shooting. Um, Ed, of course, is wearing his bulletproof vest, so he's not wounded. Um, and Thugnificent runs from Steve's house, passes out in the street in front of the Freeman's home. Now, Ed was shot twice, and 15 shots total were shot from this, uh, from this shotgun which obviously <laughs> does not happen in real life. <laughs> and I was like, how does this work? Um, but but that scene, like I said, that's uh, almost shot for shot, basically, from the scene in, in Boogie Nights. Yeah. So. When he had hit, hit, hit and rock bottom? Yeah. Yes, exactly. Love um, that movie. Love it. Even though Mark Wahlberg acts exactly the same. In there, in every other movie, he's ever Mark Wahlberg is a piece of shit. <clears throat> I like him almost, as, like, I like him as, him. almost like, as much as I like Elon Musk. <laughs> well, what's so funny is like, you loved black. You were, you know, good vibrations. You had all the homies that you were getting in trouble with. But now you act so... No, wait, wait. Let's go back even before that. Before he came out with good vibrations, he would get in trouble because he would beat up black kids. Oh, that's he right. He was a oh, fucking little racist keep, piece of shit. I keep forgetting Boston is... Uh, yeah. I, yeah, that's right. Boston what? is one of the most racist. Southie, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and then he he absolutely tried to whitewash all of that, like, maybe 15 years ago or so when he started making it big in movies. So nobody ever yeah. talks about that anymore. But he was yeah. fucking arrested for beating up black kids. Like, come Eminem on. Did. And then that's he co-opted the, the whole style. I'll never forget that TRL when Eminem was so, so just pressing his buttons and fucking with them. He's like, oh, yeah, are we going to be one happy, funky bunch? <laughs> it one in the best minute, like, so good. And he was, get, he was just, and he, and he mentioned that. He was like, what if me and my boys came out there? Like, would you, would you include all of us in? Like, and he was dropping, you know, little, little subs like that. Um, but, yeah, he just, he, I don't know. I get up at 2.30 in the morning, and I work out, and then I work hard. And then, shut up. Mm-hmm. This bothers me. And then now he's coming out saying that, oh, well, I'm changing my verb. You know, you say some very mean shit on the regular. And because your kids are, you know, being raised differently or, you know, it's a different time, they're calling you to the carpet on it. Um, but I just don't like how he used something that he was supposed to be learning from or becoming a better person. Then he I has think, to put an Instagram post out about it. I think you're actually mixing that up. That was Matt Damon. Oh, and yeah. um, Matt, and uh, it was so he came out. It was like six months ago when Mark Warburg's uh, kids came out, and he was on Jimmy oh, Kimmel okay. or something. Yeah, and then yes, more recently, I didn't even Jason know Mark Warburg had kids. To be honest, 
So Thugnificent is passed out on the sidewalk. Uh, Granddad finds him, uh, incidentally, who goes running and doesn't look at the ground as they're running. But Granddad finds him by tripping over him on the sidewalk. And Hang on a second. Have you met you? I watched the ground. I watched the ground very well while I'm walking and while I'm running. That's why I run into door jams. I don't trip over my feet. That's your daughter. Uh, oh, I'm yeah. sorry. You just we you, still you, need you're the shot constantly falling like on stuff. That I, I do. I do run into shit. I don't trip over stuff. I run into shit. I look like Drake on our last disputed episode, <laughs> talking about how how, how uh, Will Smith was able to date his partner's daughter. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? Hey, hey, okay. hey. I'm sorry. Okay. So, so, so. <laughs> I could be laughing so hard. I totally just walked through my tire today on my car. I have, yeah. I have very poor uh, spatial, uh, uh, I can't think of the word right now, but um, uh, yeah, spatial awareness. I have very poor spatial awareness. So I run into door jams. I misjudge corners of tables, all of that shit. But I, I don't trip over stuff on the floor, usually. You run into the revolving doors like my son did in Vegas. It was no. fucking hilarious. I, I am. I avoid those. <laughs> yeah, not there, like, oh, no, oh, no. I, I have to like time it like I'm getting into a double dutch. Oh. Like <laughs> I'm going to jump into double dutch. I'm like, one, two, three, go. <laughs> Our son didn't get that you have to keep moving. Oh, no. He was, oh, my gosh. And kept moving. It stopped. Oh, that's right. He walked into it. That's right. And there were like 10 people getting in behind us, and I laughed with them. All of a sudden, <laughs> that was funny. Um, uh, okay, yeah. so, so let, I, I know we're, we're getting a little late here, so I'm going to speed up a little bit. Um, so, Granddad finds him, brings him inside, pleads with him to get a job. Uh, magnificent complains to Robert and the boys that he always wanted to be a rapper and that even he himself was amazed that he pulled it off, but he'd hoped that it would last longer. Uh, realizing he's not going to be able to compete with today's artists and feeling out of touch with the younger fans, Magnificent ultimately understands that his career is over. The IRS later visits Magnificent at his home and begins foreclosure proceedings. Uncle Ruckus makes a five-second appearance, jumping for joy, popping champagne, happy as hell that Magnificent is leaving. The next I mean, scene... Oh, make one banger and he'll be right back. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> Uh, the next scene shows Riley excitedly walking to hear or waking up to hear Thugnificent's booty butt cheeks blasting from a stereo outside. We see Thugnificent ghostwriting his delivery truck, uh, which is, you know, a big brown delivery truck. Uh, <laughs> he's working as a delivery man. His trademark hair is now cut and he's delivering a package to the Freeman home. Uh, Leonard is working with him and acting as a cameraman. And Riley goes outside to greet them. How you like the new job? Oh, man, it's some old bullshit. But check it, check it, check it. Your boy is shooting his own reality show. What? Yeah, nigga, you on it right now. Yo, what up, what up, what up? Young Breezy, a.k.a. the fundraiser, nigga. Lethal interjection, bitch. Yeah, man. All the paper is in reality shows right now, nigga. The music industry's dead. I'm trying to get that Flavor Flav money. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm looking at right now. Wow, that sounds like a real good plan, Thugnificent. <laughs> I mean, everybody did it. Like, like everybody's rebooting shows now. They're like, hey, you want to be relevant again? Right, getting that, uh, what was it? Getting that, oh my God, getting that Flavor flavor Flav money. That's what it was. Flavor Love? Flavor Flav. I watched that shit. (laughs) Um, Ray J had one, you know, um, Mm -hmm. Brett Michaels. um, Mm -hmm. 
I, yeah, there were a lot of those. Yeah. Yeah, and the people that were on there ended up getting them. Yeah. Wow. Who, whoever that production crew was, you you guys were like, look, I got a five year plan. Let's just go ahead and put out <laughs> as much junk as possible. Would you guys would you guys watch a Thugnificent reality series? I know you two watch reality shows and I don't, so um yeah, when I was younger, I would probably not. Now we're she was watching reality show Demon Shumper and Tiana, uh, Taylor. Yeah, and I thought it was the dumbest thing ever. Like, they're a really cute couple, but I was like, ugh, why would you guys let E put you on blast like this? Like, you, ugh. Like, it's a time frame thing. It, reality shows now just wouldn't be a good look. Yeah. Um, I feel like Thugnificence would be a little like Jackass. Like, like the black that's, Jackass. That's the, that's why I wouldn't watch, that's so, why I wouldn't watch it. It was like Shorty it. Low. So, I was trying to think of like what rapper that would we not want? So he was a, he actually unfortunately passed away um, in a car accident um, a few years back, but he was getting ready to come out with a reality show that was going to be him, his 15 kids or something, and then the like nine babies' moms that were all, they all kind of co parented, if you can say that. Um, and some people were very upset about it. Like, don't put that shit on. Like, you don't do that, showing you have all these kids and whatnot. But like his point was, no, I'm cool with all of my, you know, all of my, I hate when people say baby's mothers, but my baby's mamas and my kids, like they, you know, they know their brothers and sisters and whatnot. And um, I think it, it wasn't going to be a BET deal, even though we know the same company owns MTV and VH1 and all that. Um, I want to say it was going to be on like we or no, uh, the one that Bad Girls Club was on oxygen yeah so it was okay. you know it had a little bit more money it wasn't the traditional ones um and then people made such a big deal about it that they ended up like paying him out and then not doing the show and then unfortunately he passed shortly thereafter but that would be the equivalent of like a real life magnificent and hubby would have been like hell no um he didn't even like watching the whitney and bobby show <laughs> well that was just a train wreck i mean depressing as hell I think I got through maybe 20 minutes of the first one. And when she was like, Bobby, oh, Hilton. And I was like, oh, Nick. I don't like watching uh, Key and Bell. Yeah, Key and movies. I don't like watching Wayne, Wayne's, uh, Marlon and Sean movies. All for the same reason. So to me, it just it comes across as coonery and it's just not mm, the time. Mm-hmm. I totally yeah. get that. Yeah, hey, Lynn, I how about you? Think, yeah. Oh, it would depend on the premise. Totally. I'd have to see. Is it him trying to get back in the game? Is it him trying to find different ways to make cash? I don't know. Is yeah. it is it a flavor flavor? Know? Is it a Ray J? Like we're you know, or is it yeah them trying to make another Kardashians? You know, which they put a lot of fucking mm, work into that shit. They didn't life. just go, Oh, you guys get to be on TV for fifteen years. Ryan yeah. Seacrest knew exactly what he was doing. And so that's that's what I was saying, telling my son about Tiana and Iman. I said this is only good if you're in agreement about what your platform is going to be. And this does not seem like longevity. Let's think about e-channel. Who mainly watches e-channel? Do you think they know who, maybe they know who Tiana Taylor is because of the video that she did for Kanye, but they don't know who the hell Iman Shumpert is and just how New York and just like, yeah. And she, you know, but, okay, I don't want to, she, 
She ate an entire chicken bone. She put, she put the chicken in her mouth one bite and the shit came out clean. And then she proceeded to have a full conversation with her mouth full. And a little bit of, a little bit of, you know, incorrect grammar in there. And I'm just like, oh, come on. Like, don't put this <laughs> on the channel where they blew up, you know, uh, the rich kids of Beverly Hills. They blew up the Kardashians. Um, but you haven't seen them do any other family. You know, you haven't seen them bring any people of color, real color, to, you know, to excellence like that or to a lot of success. And they didn't show the is Braxton family. Yeah, but they weren't, they were on a, another channel. So they weren't on E. They were on a. Oh, yeah. right. They're on own. Oprah was like, look, y'all, be crazy, but not too crazy. Um, Hey, Liz. But yeah, you're right. Like that's the only the other family, but I think a lot of people look at them as like the Jacksons. I'm, uh, Lindsay, no. you, that was actually your clip, and we haven't heard you weigh in on that. Do you wanted to add anything? Oh no, I just feel like you got a happy ending. Like that's what that shit's all about. Like, listen, you got a dream. You want to go big. You want to go after fame. You're gonna do some bullshit when things don't work out for you, but like how he's like, yeah, I'm working this bullshit job, but I'm also doing reality TV. Brilliant. Brilliant. And that's, you know, with all us all being in the age where we can podcast, mm -hmm. where we can get on YouTube, where you can self-publish. That's how you fucking do it. Yo, right. find the way. It's the same shit I was saying about education. You're going to run into brick walls, mm -hmm. find a fucking way around it. Well, look at Will that's Smith. Will Smith it. became don't relevant again because of his Instagram and TikTok videos, because he has an entire fucking production crew with him. But that's how he's starting to become <laughs> relevant again. No, like All seriously, right. um, Jason Derulo. Who well, the fuck was yeah. checking for Jason Derulo? But now he makes, you know, he's big on TikTok. Like he's one of the big, like he's getting paid. Um, you know, so it's, it's, it, Going to Vegas now, it's not a bad thing for you to have a residency and still be right. relevant. When right. before we talked it was about like that. where you went to die. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so it would be interesting if they brought him back for the reboot and he's like running an Amazon or something like some shit like that or, <laughs> you know, running the company that he was working for. Um, I bet, like, if they brought Thugnificent back in the reboot, he would be like, they definitely would have to reference like TikTok videos that he would make. Um, and they would yeah, probably like be the ridiculous old school, old school and like tour. clunky and, and just like, you know, he's out of touch, but trying to do that, that whole thing. Um, I was gonna say, they, he'd be like on an old, old school tour with like Ja Rule and fucking Chingy and, or something like that. Like that's, you know, I'm getting ready to go on the road. Like it right? would be something. And then, he, and then like you said, maybe he'd be overweight. Maybe he, yeah. Doesn't Balding like to on top, but still has the Afro puffs yeah. like Coolio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, if Coolio does not let them learn two fucking strands. Right. <laughs> uh, all right. Oh so God. wrapping up this episode, Thugnificent calls out uh, Granddad, wakes him up so that he can see him in reaction. Granddad is like annoyed, of course, because it woke him up from sleep, throws a book at Leonard's camera, ending the episode. <sighs> Anything you guys want to talk about that we missed in that episode uh, before we move on to a slightly different white people question tonight. Yeah. Right. That's what I we are <laughs> creeping up on three hours now. For those of you who are our Patreon listeners listening at home, if you're not a Patreon listener, you're only getting about an hour of this amazing show. So you should really check it out. As little as a dollar a month, you can support us and, and hear more content. Uh, but tonight's uh, white people question is a little bit different. So, but we still have a, intro. 
Welcome to Stupid White People Questions. You mean I'm gonna stay this color? <laughs> Welcome, everyone. <laughs> I would like to return this burnt crack. <laughs> it's, it's all yeah. burnt around the edges. Uh, yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, today's question i uh, when i put the request out for uh, uh stupid white people questions uh jeff from those guys over there podcast also was uh, one of our uh advocates on the latest disputed podcast he was advocating for mac lowry um he, he said he, he says uh and he's at jeppy keith j-e-p-p-y-k-e-i-t-h on tiktok and twitter um Anyway, he says, here's a question I wish more pu- white people would ask is, how do I clap on the two and four? <laughs> <laughs> look, look around the room, look for the black people, and then do exactly oh. what they're oh. doing. That's funny. Stop listening to Flo Rider telling you to go low, low, low. <laughs> right? You guys can't Stop get low. Doing. Don't do it. Don't. You're going to hurt yourself. You're going to throw out your back. Don't do it. They're Just not saying do the twist. They're not them. saying do that all the way down to the ground. Yeah. Watch, watch um, Steve Martin and the jerk, and then you'll see why. Yeah. <laughs> you know, to actually answer that, we were talking about this recently because I was like, you know what? I want to be, this person was dancing, and look, look, to him, it was dancing. But after we laughed for a little bit, we were like, you know what? I want to be able to just move my body that freely and mm. be having a good damn time. Like, I still want to have rhythm, but um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then people at the campsite, um, they were, yeah, well, they weren't sober because I've never seen this many <laughs> white people dance in unison on beat to EDM. All at once. Um, it was like a party. Yeah. It was, it was a little <laughs> scary, actually, with me being on the stream. I was like, what is going on? They're all wearing the same color. They're all like, it was, it was kind of weird. Um, but, oh, Justin Bieber. Justin Bieber can dance. Justin Timberlake. You know, there's not, not all you guys are afflicted with the clapping on the offbeat. Um, yeah, that's why I told, I told him, I said, man, I used to play bass in a rockabilly band. Mm. I, I said, I tried. <laughs> I tried to teach him. You <laughs> did, yeah. You know, um, or this is why TikTok was made for you guys, because all you have to do is do five different moves, you know, and move and you and you can dance. So I, I still can't dance. <laughs> I, I can dance to, to goth music in a dark club where nobody's looking at me. That's when I can dance. You can dance if you want to. Oh, but I don't want to leave my friends behind. <laughs> oh, look at him. I'm going to do that. Uh, yeah. I, Um, I have a friend, very, very good friend. He, I don't know what he's doing. I don't know if he's having a convulsion. I don't know, but he's having a damn good time when he's doing like, and I'm just like, was it like, like Elaine from Seinfeld? (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A full, what he referred to as a full motion body heave. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He just, his more, his is more of a, like a wormy kind of like, and just, you know, his feet come off the ground and I'm at weird times and I'm like, I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't okay. like David Byrne. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes. But the way that these dances are now, you got some of you, I mean, 
you know, all they do now is just like lift their leg up and yeah, do lean back and kind well, of. Well, that's in in this episode. That was exactly when Thugnificent was like, "Oh, he could do a dance. I'm gonna do t-. like," and he just leans back and like moves up <laughs> arm. Got his arms. And like literally, that's what TikTok dances are now. Pretty much. Well, I mean, <laughs> damn, come on. That was the easiest for I mean for white people to feel like they could dance, and they kept like, on to that dance for I, way too long. The one the um, one dance thing I liked on TikTok was the coincidence. I thought that was cute. You are so more well versed. Yeah, I know. I know. It was it was one. It was it was because the, it was like these. Look, look at me dancing. Look at me. Dancing. Oh yeah, and it's okay, like this I've German seen. accent. What's a coincidence? I did. <laughs> and the other one jumps in the other one's arms, and it was it yeah, was just silly. What I've seen most recently is. The blue face because blue face made a song on tiktok oh, and, i haven't seen that one. Oh, sm- genius here okay he's genius he's thinking about the future because <laughs> he, he did not rap on beat and now he's starting to rap on beat but he's doing other things like he is not dumb you know um he, he's definitely expanding out but for you to be the creator of the song and make a tiktok dance that's genius um yeah so like I felt like he was my son when I read I saw that I was like that is good, good thinking, um, but yeah it uh the floss oh come on oh yeah <laughs> I couldn't do it I think because I have too much like, I couldn't I couldn't do it um you know the whoa the all that all I mean any of these dances that have come out lately they're made for everybody to be able to do you know so. Hey, bring bring back a dance. Bring, bring back hitting the whoa or something. <laughs> My daughter brought that up to me. I'm like, the what the what? <laughs> I'm too old for that shit. <laughs> I'm well, a one, granddad. I'm well, granddad. You hit it all hard and you might like throw something out or pull the yeah. shoulder. Oh, God, yeah. Like hard no. I'm, I do it though. <laughs> um, I'm like, hey, whoa, yeah. I'm not doing that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and line dances are good too. Because we my- see people at the resort that we go to and they can wobble their asses off. So, group dances like that. Not the electric slide. That seems to mess you guys up a little bit. But, like I mean, actually, I think the, the electric slide is, at, at this point, after 40 years, it's that the one that, a, lot of, a lot of white people can do that one now. Wasn't that the one that yeah. John Mulaney was dancing to on Saturday Night Live? He went to the, uh, the Black Wedding. Yes. Yeah. Okay. But that was hilarious. I mean, he is so John Mulaney <laughs> in everything that he does. Uh, uh-huh. That was funny. I remember. I do remember that skit. Um, <laughs> so I slide, you know, um, there might be a couple moves in there that confuse him a little bit. And, but yeah, I, I just say, you know, look, look for somebody that is an example, a Justin Bieber. A, <laughs> You know, a Wade Robeson way back in the day before he, you know, cheated with Britney. Um, a K-Fed. Oh, wait. <laughs> I know. I, I know nothing. I, I only know the K-Fed name because Britney. I didn't know the other one. Oh, know. that's why her and Justin broke up because he oh. cheated allegedly with. with allegedly. Allegedly. He also had a reality TV show. He did. Um. And accused Michael and, Jackson uh, yeah. of raping him. And as then a child. came back and was like, oh no, I, April, Oprah told me to say that. Can yeah. I say that? Yeah. I just. Anyways. Well, on that note. Ah. <laughs> uh, well, hold up. I want to tell you the answer to this fucking question, dude, which MJ already started to say it. Please just don't. <laughs> don't worry about it. I'm dead serious. Like, y'all, when you dance, right. dance for yourself. Yeah. 
dance to feel fucking good and have fun. And if you don't like people pointing at you and laughing, then dance in your fucking bedroom. I am so serious. Dancing is all about you and you feeling yourself and having some fucking fun. Anyone else laughing at you can go eat shit. Uh, that, okay? uh, that's, that's, that's the motivational poster for Lindsay. Dance like no one's watching and tell the, S, the rest of them to eat shit. Yeah, I love it. Put it on a t-shirt. T-shirt right here. I love it. Yeah. You know, like, uh, those yeah, are I, those are going to be her two catchphrases for this show. <laughs> How you yes. living? And <laughs> yes. Um, no. Or PS3. I'm going to be honest, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or, or you're too nice. You're being too nice. Yeah, you're you know, being too nice ones. is definitely one. <laughs> People be surprised. Yeah. They'd be like, does she talk that? <laughs> she doesn't. She might not talk a lot, but she's got all of the catchphrases. You strategic. and I just talk for like two hours, and she's <laughs> like, I'm going to spend like most of this time just listening to y'all. <laughs> she's like taking notes. She's like, this bitch. No, she didn't. Doing my real housewife. She's, yeah. she's writing. She's writing line, gossip line. stuff about these bitches. <laughs> no, she has a gossip girl. No, uh, all right. Three seconds yes. to three hours. All right. So, um, so just yeah. a reminder to everybody, I won't see y'all next week. Uh, if you want to find any of us on any of our other various podcasts, because all of us have different podcasts that we are on, you can find them in our show notes. And we would love for you to join all of our social medias and anything else that I'm forgetting. No. Anything oh, you guys need to say for your final thoughts? Vote for me, vote for me. Voting in September the 1st. Um, I would love to come back the week after and be like, your bitch won. So, you know, just help me do that. Yo. Um, I don't call myself bitch. It was shit. Oh, I call myself bitch. Um, more if I'm drunk, like I was Friday night. Yeah. Um, bitch. Oh, you got, this is when I felt old. You guys know it took me until Sunday afternoon to recover off of drinking at karaoke on Friday. That so sounds sad. about right. Oh. <laughs> oh. Mm-hmm. You're, you're in your 40s now. That that sounds about right. I know. <laughs> oh, yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. All right. Um, All right on that note, yeah, you guys. I hope everybody has a fantastic week away from me. I know that I'm going to have so much fun putting my feet in the ocean somewhere where it's actually warm enough to do it. And you're going to be feeling yourself and Oof. you're going to send me a video of you listening to Mac Drake. All right. And quick PSA, though, like, Look into all the mask shit, because California, at least San Francisco especially, they're kind of like locking down. KN95s, which are recommended by the CDC. I've got um, an even stronger one if I happen to be somewhere where I have to be close in with anybody. We are renting, or we got a train car, or train cabin, whatever you call it, going down, so we don't have to be around any other people. And we rented an Airbnb, so we don't have to be around any other people. And... It's the beach in the middle of the week when school is now in session. So I'm actually really not worried about it. So I don't know how L.A. is doing it. I just know here, if you're going to be out in social, uh, like you're required to have your Vax card on you. And you're also required to if you're and I don't think you'll be anywhere like this. Any place with over a thousand people, God, you need proof of a negative yeah. COVID test yeah. within. And you know, I have zero desire to go anywhere where it's crowded. So it's kind of hit or miss. Like either they're really going by the rules, or they're just like doesn't matter. And um, it's, it's up in Seattle. That's basically if you have a a picture of your vax card on your phone, if you can't carry it around with you, then that's fine. They just want to see that you're vaccinated and you're wearing yeah. a mask when you're inside and. And uh, from everything I've seen so far, unless something changes in the next like three days, uh, it's the same rules down there. 
there's nothing that's closed. You have a ball. I was trying to think of somewhere to tell you to go eat, but Absolutely. I don't know. Oh, um, um, I'm probably going to cook in the place the whole time. Like, literally, my whole reason for doing this is to spend a week at the beach. Yeah. Like, I, I don't care about any of the other touristy crap that's going on down there. I have one friend that lives close enough that she's going to try and come and visit. Um, we might go and see Roller Derby Bout because there's an outdoor one going on the weekend we get there. What? Um, but yeah, that's I, I'm I'm going to listen to Audible on my phone and sit in the sun with my feet in and the I'm ocean. And I'm going to WeHo and partying it up? No. <laughs> uh, Definitely not, not. Yeah. Nobody should do that to themselves. Unless they're, yeah. I, All right. I love you guys. And hey, we'll see about. you soon. Yes. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye. Don't take this the wrong way, but I need you to get the hell up out of here. Hey, thanks for joining us again as we make our way through the trials and tribulations of the Freeman family. We hope to see you back again next time for the Red Ball. Want to know where to find us on the social medias or where to subscribe to the podcast? Just head right over to www.theboondockspod.com slash links. Have a stupid white people question you want to leave us? Email us at host at theboondockspod.com or leave us a voicemail at 760-933-8636. That's 760-WE-3-UNDO. Shout out to the artists who've created our intro and outro tunes. Our intro is hashtag make a change by K-I-R-K. You can find them on Spotify, iTunes, and Tidal. Our outro is Good Times by Audio Venture. You can find them on freemusicarchive.org and YouTube.